You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode 915 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is the person who keeps me out of trouble. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. And the hero for this story is Kimmy right next to me. Hello, Kimmy. How are Hello. you? Are you all energized, ready to go for this episode? Yes, I am. It is a June 29th and uh, getting close to July 4th. Mm-hmm. Any big plans for July 4th, Kimmy? Mm, nope. Uh, do you plan on seeing a movie on July 4th, Kimmy? Hmm, perhaps. What movie would Kimmy like to see on July 4th? I, I'm wondering if it's Independence Day Resurgence. Absolutely not. Okay. All right, Kimmy. Uh, any uh, other films? Because I have no clue what's in coming out on this weekend to be. I am not sure myself. All right. So is it anything new or are you hoping something is still in the theaters that you'll be able to catch? It's been per- out for a bit. Perhaps. Uh, what movie would that be? I don't know. Oh, so you're not going to hint to me what you might be taking me to? No. Or I might be taking you to? Nope. No clue at all. i got a couple in mind. Well, what are those couple? Come on, share. Well, perhaps uh, Me Before You. And is that that love story movie thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Or perhaps Finding Dory. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it's your choice. It's your holiday. Those well, are two it's our way holiday, different but, movies. But so. <laughs> it's, your, it's your time off from things, so I will let you decide what you want to see, okay? Uh-huh. And then you'll do a review, right? Oh, absolutely. All right, Kimmy. We're getting close to episode 1,000. Has Kimmy developed anything for episode 1,000 since the last time we talked? Mm, that's under wraps. <laughs> In other words, she hasn't done anything yet for episode 1,000. No plans yet. No. Uh, remember, I can't have cake, okay? Mm-hmm. No cake, none of those things, cookies, but you can have those. Okay. Uh, but I can't. And I think you want Rice Krispie treats or something like that. I'm anyway, not sure yet. yeah. Once we get details for episode 1,000, hopefully we'll be doing that at a certain location. Unknown at the moment because uh, Kimmy, who's our activities director, our planner, hasn't quite planned that yet. But that's in the works, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Kimmy, how would you like on this day? By the way, today is Wednesday, way back Wednesday. It is a way back Wednesday, you know that? Okay. Yes, it is way back Wednesday. And we will be going back on this way back Wednesday towards the end of this show. We have a classic old-time radio show coming up. It's on the way. Suspense. Yes, we'll have that. By the end of this show, some real ear candy. I guarantee that. Mm. Something really special, a little bit different. We'll have that 
towards the end of this program here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Be sure to stick with us. It is a Wayback Wednesday. It's also a Forward Wednesday in a way because it's the day that new comic books are released at comic book stores across the nation. We have the entire list of brand new stuff, comic books, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, T-shirts, oh, coffee mugs, and things like that, statues and action figures available at your local comic book shop. We have that available right on our website, right in the Nerd News section of RileyandKimmy.com. If you are in Central Florida, we can recommend going to Comic Central, a true comic book store in Sanford, Florida. Stop on by, say hello to the the, the entire cast, I was going to say, of characters, but the entire staff of Comic Central. They're good friends to the Riley and Kimmy show. And by the way, when you're there checking out the comic books, statues, toys, pop vinyls, all those things they have, be sure to grab a previews catalog. It is out today, and that is the golden ticket to find out what's coming out in the next few months at comic book stores for you to order. Swing on by, see Sam, the manager, and Tyson, and the rest of the staff. That's at Comic Central. Very easy to get to in Sanford, right, Kimmy? Absolutely, right off of I-4. That's right, right off I-4, real close to that uh, big shopping center. Yeah, right look there. for Super Target, and it's actually it's right next to Panera Bread. That's right, and also the Big Lots area. Mm-hmm. Very easy to get to. Check them out. That is Comic Central in Sanford, Florida. Kimmy, it is a Wednesday. It is a June 29th. Would you like to play... Nerd, geek, pop culture trivia. Yee doggy. You would? Is that a yes? Yeah. All right, here we go. It's June 29th. We're going to be asking Kimmy some questions, pop culture related, and the more she gets right, then she does wrong. She gets herself her pocket lint. That's what she's uh, using pocket lint to be building some form of creature that will be making its debut at a well at a convention later this year, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Any idea what that creature is, or are you going to reveal it? You do know, right? That's under wraps, too. <laughs> okay. I, it's got to be a big creature because you've been doing quite well with nerd pop culture geek trivia. Matter of fact, quite well. I have not. You've been winning more than losing lately. Mm. All right. So here we go. Here is your first question for June 29th. It was on this date in history. Apple releases its first mobile phone, the iPhone. Give me the year the iPhone is released. 2000. 2000. Seven. Mm. It was on this date in history. Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller were married. That was in 1956. I didn't ask this history question for you. They were married in 1956, but I will ask this one for the fun of it. When, what year did they get divorced? They were married in 1956. What year did they get divorced? How long did it last? 1957. They got divorced in 1961. Oh, Yes, it lasted a while. Oh. Kind of a kind of a trick question there. You're thinking, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those speedy weddings. Like uh, what was it, Ernest Borgnine and Ethel Merman? We mentioned the other day. Mm. They were married what thirty some days or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like really really quick. All right, Kimmy, celebrity birthday time. Identify this celebrity by their voice here. I think you will pick up who this is instantly by the movie, not ne- the dialogue, not necessarily the voice. Now I could have used some other voice samples. They have a very distinctive voice. It's a little more hidden, not as pronounced in this scene. But here we go, Kimmy. I think you will know instantly who this is. Here is your audio clue. The ex-presidents are surfers. They are ghosts. Hey, watch your mouth. Listen, you snot, ghost little I was taking shrapnel and caisson while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. I feel for 22 years. I fired my piece over 19 times in the line of duty. I got no idea what a blind man fetching bricks from the bottom of the pool has got to do with being a special agent. We have one more month. We won't see him till next summer. 
the ex-presidents rip off banks to finance their endless summer. <laughs> All right, Kimmy. He is considered a madman by some, and some considering an actor with a lot of teeth. Can you tell me who this actor is who's having a birthday today? You also see him in commercials now quite a bit on TV. I don't have the faintest idea. Oh, Kimmy, you have you I, you know this guy. I will give you another clue of something that he was nominated for. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor. He played Buddy Holly in the Buddy Holly story in 1978. Oh, Gary Busey. It's Gary Busey. See, I thought you would, because you know, I know Point Break is one of your favorite films. I, thought, I haven't seen that in probably 20 years. Well, I guess you're really old. I can't remember those films, right? <laughs> Come on, Kimmy. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Are you going to be playing? I've seen it once. I don't believe that. I think you saw it more than once because I remember there was a certain time in space that you really liked one of the actors, not Gary Busey, in the movie Point Break. So I think you saw it more than one time. All right, Kimmy. Next birthday person is a comedian. I don't know how well their voice is going to stand out. They were very big in the 1980s. Okay. Mm -hmm. They've done film. They've done television. And of course, they've done stand up. Here you go. Here is an audio clue. Their voice may not stand out well enough, but here's your clue. Here's the only audio clue, your only chance on Nerd Trivia. No, I feel a little bit. I, you know, I still suffer from you know, a little low self-esteem. I always had it. I don't think you always, I don't think, I think you, 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 you raised a certain way. I, I mean, I would have been better off raised by wolves, quite frankly. <laughs> not, I think. But I mean, like, early on, I mean, like, the books they made me read my family, uh, you know, like, uh, maybe it was a bad Seuss book, and he's a, G, a nut in a rut. I read yeah, that, yeah. you know. <laughs> The cold saw that could, that kind of thing. So I'm sitting at this party. The other night I go to this party, and I'm I'm name dropping, but look, I live out in Hollywood and I'm old, so bear with me. Penny Marshall had a birthday party with Carrie Fisher. I go. So I go there, and I don't know who I'm going to meet. I get, and I say this affectionately, stuck in the middle of a conversation for the whole night with all these starlets roaming around, Harvey Keitel and David Bowie. All right, Kimmy, who is that comedian? He was very big in the 1980s. No idea. Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis, you know who that is, don't you? Mm-hmm. All right, how old is Richard Lewis today? 73. He is 69 years old today. Now, Kimmy, he played Gopher on a certain TV show. Can you tell me the TV show that this person played Gopher on? And it wasn't Sesame Street. Love Boat. The love boat promises something for him. All right, he was on the Love Boat. He played Gopher. Can you tell me the name of the actor who played Gopher on Bern, Bernie Coppell? No, that's the Doc. No, oh. this is the other one, the Gopher. Played, I don't know. Oh come on, you don't remember the Gopher? Mm-mm. All right, he went into politics after leaving the Love Boat. Was had a uh, successful run, and that is now a talk show host. That is Fred Grandy. How old is he today? 69. You are so close. That's pocket lent time. I, I, I knew it. You were a closet gopher groupie. He is 68 today. All right, Kimmy, next one should be easy because of the audio clue. This individual passed away on this date in history. Identify who this is. Here is your audio clue. It should be quite easy. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Colonel Hogan of Hogan's Heroes. Maybe you've seen me playing the part of a make-believe officer on television, just for laughs, of course. All right, who is that? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. You weren't a big fan of Hogan's Heroes, were no, you? No. All right, that's Bob Crane. He passed away on this date in history. He was murdered. Can you tell me the year of his death? 91? 1978. Oh. 
And Hogan's Heroes ran from when to when? Kimmy, I know you didn't like it, but it was in syndication forever, too. What years did it run? Originally. Um, 69 to 73. 1965 to 1971 okay. is when it ran. Ran by the Bing Crosby Production Company. And if you ever see a movie by William Holden called Stalag 17, that is really what Hogan's Heroes is based on. That movie with Otto Preminger is not a comedy. And mm. this is like a, a warped version of that. And there was an out-of-court settlement because of that with uh, the studios way back when because of that film saying, hey, you kind of stole our idea. And it was an out-of-court thing, which allowed us to continue to see Hogan's Heroes. I am not a fan of Hogan's Heroes, just so you know. Mm -hmm. Even though I think every kid about my age at that time period really loved the show, I just never liked it. Okay. And I don't get why MeTV runs that. <laughs> they do a lot. It's one of them they do. And I guess it's still popular. That is why. Okay, very distinctive voice. He has done on-screen work a lot. He's been you know, nominated for awards, Academy Award nominated. Also, he's done voiceover work in animation. Let's see if you can identify this actor by name. I don't know if you know the name, but I know you know him, if that makes any sense. Okay. Very distinct voice. Here you go. You ready, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Here's your audio clue of this actor who passed away on this date in history. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Uh, Amelia told me that you want to thank me for bringing you home. Huh? Who else? You are blood of my blood. You're flesh of my flesh. Yeah. And as long as I'm able, I'm going to think about your well-being. wish you had been a son. You are a true preachy. Hey, you like to have a cookie? Huh? All right, Kimmy, you always sound like he was one foot in the grave. Can you identify the actor at all by name? You know who he is, correct? You are coming up with some doozies hey. tonight. Hey, I hey, don't hey. have a clue. He was. Do you know the big cartoon he was in? Nope. You don't know? He play, you, Are you sure he played a mad doctor in a certain cartoon? Mm -mm. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, remember? You don't remember him? No. Oh, all right. Well, I, I would have thought you would have remembered him. That's William Hickey, who was Academy Award nominated for his role right there, a little soundbite from Pritzi's Honor in 1985. Gimme, we're moving over to somebody else. Another person, female, with a very distinct voice. Now, I am technically cheating with you a little bit here. You're aware of this actress's work in her mid to latter years. I'm grabbing something a little bit earlier. Her voice becomes more pronounced as the as age goes on. Very it becomes more distinct. So here we go with an earlier sample. Listen carefully. There are clues there to what she says possibly or the way she says it that'll give you an idea who this is. This person passed away on this date in history. Here is your audio clue. You seem quite contemptuous of me all of a sudden. You're just a mass of prejudices, aren't you? You're so much thought and so little feeling, Professor. Yes, you am, are you? Your intolerance infuriates me. I should think that of all people, a writer would need tolerance. The fact is, you'll never, you can't be a first-rate writer or a first-rate human being until you've learned to have some small regard for human... All right, Kimmy, who is that actress that passed away on this date in history? 
Catherine Hepburn. You got it. And I, I, ho- I was hoping I wasn't throwing you, but I didn't want to make it too easy because I could have grabbed something from uh, one of the other films that she did. On Golden uh, Pond. Yeah, on Golden Pond. African Queen. Possibly even with John Wayne, I could have grabbed something uh, that she did that would have been very, dis- you know, mm-hmm. or uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, mm-hmm. things like that. But I went further back with Jimmy Stewart was one of those scenes mm. uh, that I grabbed in something else uh, mixed in there of the two. Just to make it a little challenging, but not too challenging. I figured you would pick it up by the way she said things, mm-hmm. who it was. All right, Kimmy, somebody else big in the world of Hollywood who passed away on this date is Lana Turner. She passed away. Can you give me the year Lana Turner actress passed away? 83. 1995 at the age of 74. And we're going back in time on this Way Back Wednesday with an old-time radio tribute to Lana Turner. Radio And Kimmy's show, Lana Turner was no stranger to the film, to cinema, and she was no stranger to the golden age of radio. I could have chosen so many examples, but the one I'm choosing right now is right, I would say, almost to a, the peak of her film career, or really close, and definitely a peak in old-time radio for her. And the show is at its top game. It's one of the best examples of the golden age of radio, and it is suspense. Now, this one is very special. We're going back to December 15th, 1949, because the opening of this episode and closing is done by Paul Fries. He is the announcer for Suspense, and he is the voice of so many things, cartoon characters. You wouldn't recognize his voice. He's considered the man of 1,000, maybe even 10,000 voices. Did Boris Badenoff is one of the examples, and so many other things, including the Haunted Mansion, which to this day is his voice at the Disney properties. Here we go back in time to December 15th, 1949. Suspense is the show. Lana Turner's the star. The episode is called The Flame Blue Glove on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Suspense. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Miss Lana Turner in The Flame Blue Glove, a transcribed suspense play produced and edited by William Spear. And now, with The Flame Blue Glove and with the performance of Lana Turner, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. The trouble is, you never had any feelings, Dutch. You don't know what it is to feel, not like other people feel. You've spent too much time looking out at the world through dirty windows. I never liked working for your detective agency. I never liked you, Dutch. I never liked you at all. This is my last case. And this is my last report. You'll have to train someone else to go out and get tangled up in other people's lives. I thought I was through working for you when I married Jimmy Conway. But I was wrong. You showed up again last week. I was working in my garden. Even above the smell of the roses, I could smell trouble. Hello, Shadow. What? Dutch! Where did you come from? Just in the neighborhood. Here, give me those things. What do you know about a rose bush? I know this one's got thrips. 
Trim it, use nicotine spray for a week or ten days, clear it up just like that. <laughs> Death, taxes, and Dutch. You know everything. You haven't changed a bit. Same pipe, same awful tobacco. Uh, how's the detective business? I miss you, Shadow. You were the best operative I ever had. Oh, I'm flattered, Dutch. This gilded cage stuff okay? Gardens, clothes, car, time on your hands. You really like it? What do you think? Would you rather be a lady detective if you were me? Maybe. I don't know. You wouldn't be interested in working on a case, would you? I am now a happily married bride working on keeping her handsome husband. <laughs> Besides, my license expired. I could fix that. This one's right up your alley, Shadow. You did the groundwork when you were with me. Sorry. I know the case was closed, but it's been nagging me. I still think it was murder. Uh, what case are you talking about? The Conway case. Mrs. Conway. I looked at you. You weren't kidding, but you were smiling. And you only smiled when something might go wrong for somebody. Yeah, I still believe your husband killed his first wife. Hate me? Who hired you? Nobody, just nagged by the fact, Shadow. Eloise Conway, wealthy wife of not-so-wealthy Jim Conway, drinks ten dissolved sleeping tablets New Year's Eve. Coroner's jury says suicide. I just can't buy it. The police accepted the coroner's verdict. That day at the coroner's inquest, you disappointed me, Shadow, refusing to go on the stand. You'd been tailing him for two months. You could have told about his three lady friends. Telling those things to a coroner's jury wouldn't have helped one way or the other. Jimmy's clean and decent Dutch. He... he would have been arrested on suspicion of murder if you'd spoken up. Those girls meant nothing to him. They were just friends. Maybe, and he might have fed her those pills so he could have one of those friends. Then why did he marry me instead of whoever it was? You saved his hide, pigeon. You didn't tell the coroner about his friends. Maybe he married you to play it safe for a while. Maybe... Jimmy had nothing to do with Eloise's death. You know, I keep thinking what she said when she hired us. How did she put it? Uh, yeah. Jimmy married me for my money. He was in love with somebody else. As soon as he thought it was safe, he went back to her. Went back to who? Who do you mean? Want to work on the case with me? No. No, I don't. Shadow, did you ever stop to think what might happen to you if he isn't innocent? If you let some little suspicion slip out somewhere and he gets it into his head that... <laughs> Doesn't it ever scare you? That song's just right, darling. Jimmy, you're home early. No, no, please. Keep playing. Did I ever tell you I love you? You wouldn't if you knew how really bad I am. But I love you. <laughs> well, you certainly know how bad I am. I'll bet there isn't a husband in the country married to the girl who tailed him all over town before she... Please, Jimmy. Well, I'm sorry. We've kidded about this before, I think. Uh, it's just that I've had a bad day, that's all. My fault. Oh, you're trembling. Oh, poor darling. Sarah? Yes, Jimmy? Maybe you stay around this house too much. Or maybe it's around you too much. What do you mean? After all has happened here. This is where Eloise died. I, I just thought maybe it gives you the creeps to live here. We can sell it, darling. Get another place. Oh, no, Jimmy. This is our house now. I never was really jealous of Eloise. Well... There's nobody else. But, Jimmy, when Eloise did what she did, you had other friends... Now, Sarah. Were you in love with any of those girls? Kathy Dane, 
You used to sit around that nightclub listening to her sing. And Judy... Sarah, I never loved anyone. Not Kathy, not Judy, not Eloise, anyone. Until I met you. You believe that, don't you, Sarah? I want to, Jimmy. I want to so much. The next afternoon, walking down Hollywood Boulevard, I saw an ugly second-floor office, and there was an ugly sign to go with it. Dutch Detective Service. I came up to see you, Dutch, to tell you to drop it. I won't drop it. They blow their heads off and take poison and jump off of buildings and chew sleeping tablets. But they don't go around hiring detectives to watch their husbands before they do it. Eloise Conway was bumped, and I'm going to find out about it. You're not going to pin it on Jimmy. He didn't have anything to do with it. If he didn't, one of his little friends did. Look, these old reports of yours include the names of three dames he went out with while you were tailing him. Yes, that's right. A torch singer named Kathy Dane, his private secretary, Millicent Taylor, and a Miss Million Dollars named Judy Fleetwood. And what about them? Look, Dutch, I asked Jimmy about those girls last night. They didn't mean anything to him. A woman knows her husband. Yeah, well, I know a woman. And if they want a guy bad enough, they'll kill for him. And one of them left this glove on the floor of the bedroom the night our client passed away. Oh, that old glove. The police weren't even interested in it as evidence. Well, I am. The police didn't have any Cinderella's to fit it on because you didn't mention Jimmy's girlfriends at the inquest. Which one of them does it fit, Shadow? Size six and a half. Commonest size in the world. Fit anybody. Look, even fits me, Dutch. Well, the color's a little unusual. You'll grant me that? Flame blue? Yes, I guess so. All right. If we find the partner to this glove, we've got something. You gonna help? I, I can't. All right. There's other female ops in this burg. I kind of thought you'd like to do it. You know, see that your husband's handled fair and square, no frames or anything like that. Oh, all right, Dutch. I'll give it a whirl. Good. But in a week, you'll come to me and tell me I was right. That Jimmy's innocent. Oh, I'm sure I will, Shadow. I'm sure I will. Autolite is bringing you Miss Lana Turner in The Flame Blue Glove. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage our star Lana Turner in The Flame Blue Glove, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. May I help you, please? I want to buy some gloves, a size six and a half. Certainly. Any particular shade in mind? Uh, yes, blue. Blue? Yes, of course. Here's a lovely shade, hand-stitched. I was thinking of, well, more of a flame blue. Flame blue. Oh, I'm afraid... Oh, I do happen to have a pair. Six and a half? Yes. Here you are. What about these? Yes. Yes, that's the pair. Exactly what I want. Oh, don't wrap them. I'll wear them. Lovely for cocktails. Yes, that's what I'm going to use them for.
Mrs. Wingate? Yes, I'm Mrs. Wingate. Oh, won't you sit down, please, Miss Dane? I've always admired your singing so much. I've always been a fan of yours. Kathy Dane records are favorites with all my friends. Oh, I took the liberty of ordering martinis. Well, thank you, Mrs. Wingate. I don't go on here for another half hour. Oh, I didn't come to hear you sing this time, Miss Dane. I came to ask you a favor. Oh? I want you to sing at a party I'm giving next month at my Bel Air home. Well, I'm flattered, but I'm afraid I couldn't possibly accept any private engagements. Oh, oh, I wish you'd reconsider. It's such a special occasion for a very dear friend who's spoken of you. Oh, who? Jimmy Conway. Jimmy? Yes, he's my neighbor. You know, he's been through so much in the last year with Eloise's death and everything. I felt this party might... You, uh... You know Jimmy's wife? Yes, I've met Sarah. She's very nice. I'm glad. For Jimmy. I know I talk too much, but since I've met you, I can't help wondering why you and Jimmy... It's really quite simple, Mrs. Wingate. I'm a singer. I need backing. Jimmy couldn't help me then. He didn't have the money he inherited when his... Well, anyway, by the time I got my backing, what's her name? Sarah had come between us. I never met her, but... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Did any get on you? No, no, but I'm afraid those beautiful gloves of yours are ruined. Oh, what a shame. Well, I hope it won't take the color out. Flame blue is my favorite. Mine, too, I guess. I had some gloves pretty much like those ones. Oh, really? I lost one of them. Oh, really? Well, I've ruined one here. Perhaps we could make a pair between us. Which one did you lose? Oh, I can tell by just looking at yours they'd be too small. I wear a seven and three-quarters glove. Have to have them made to order. My piano teacher used to call me ham hands. Sorry, I'm not your girl. No, I'm afraid you're not. No, she wasn't, Dutch. I'd played the scene well. Smart. Well, you'd have been proud of me, Dutch. It wasn't easy. Because I was playing with my own life. My happiness. But I did it just the way you taught me. And I gave you the report just the way you taught me. All facts, no emotion. All right, Shadow, so it isn't Kathy Dane. But that glove fits somebody. Dutch, I hate it. I'm shaking from it. Oh, Jimmy will know I'm up to something. Look, drop the whole thing. I... I'll give you 15000 I have in my checking account. I want more than that. Dutch, I won't let you break this up for me. Jimmy and I have too much. You mean you're going to try hanging on to him and his money, even the fellow he's was murdered? Stop it! You... That make you feel better? I'm sorry. Okay. One down and two to go. A secretary and a grass widow. Who's first, Shadow? I'm so tired, Dutch. Sure, kid, sure. You need a good night's sleep. I'll drive you home. Oh, by the by, do you sleep good in that house? Very well. Just ask, Shadow. Just ask. You drove me home. I don't know what I was thinking to let you do it. When we got there, we spent an hour sitting in the car while you gave me all the details about Millicent Taylor again. She'd been Jimmy's secretary for four years. She'd been out of town at the time of Eloise's death. You wanted to know where. We said goodnight, finally. You drove off. Evening, Sarah. (gasps) 
Since when have taxis been slipping up to the house without lights? Oh, Jimmy, didn't you get my message? I'm sure, darling. You wouldn't be home for dinner. Why are you so nervous? Who'd you have dinner with? Oh, uh, uh, Louise Gowans. You remember Louise. Uh, she just got in from Honolulu. Oh, how is Lou? Oh, fine. Fine, Jim. She asked about you. Well? What is it, darling? Don't you kiss your husband when you get home? Oh, of course. <laughs> well, what's the matter? You're smoking a new brand of cigarettes or something? No, I... Oh, your hair's full of a... Tobacco smell, I seem to remember from somewhere. Oh, the cab driver was smoking a pipe. Well, oh, I remember now. That man you used to work for, he smoked an awful tobacco that I it's couldn't... It's just an old, cheap brand. So two people smoke it. Yes. Yes, of course. I was too clever for him, the way you taught me to be clever. And the next day, Dutch, I used everything you taught me. I had to. Because on my way back from Hollywood, I noticed that a gray coupe had turned with me off the boulevard. I noticed it because it looked exactly like my old car that I sold when I got married. And when it turned with me again at sunset and followed me out to Laurel, I knew that it was tailing me. Oh, I used what you taught me so well, Dutch. I time-tracked lights, dodged up narrow streets, and got away from I would have taken his license number and looked him up, Dutch, but I had other things to do first. Things like playing sick, playing a scene for my husband's secretary. Come in. Oh, Millicent. Millicent, it was so sweet of you to come. Sit over here by the bed. Are you ill, Mrs. Conway? Oh, migraine headaches. Unbearable sometimes. Oh? Shame. Oh, but I never let Jimmy know about them. Sick wives are such a nuisance to a man. Yes, they certainly are. Uh, I called you, Millicent, because I've been planning a surprise for Jim's birthday. A costume party. And you want me to call it off? All right. What guests are coming in? Oh, no, what... no, no. I don't want to call it off. Jimmy needs relaxation. I wondered if you'd uh, play hostess for me. Me? Hostess? Well, if the stupid headache persists, it's... Oh, it'd be a great favor to me, and I know Jim would like it. Say you will, please. Well, really, Mrs. Conway, I... Oh, I... please, now. Well, I, I have the costume. I don't know what... Well, mine's in the closet. I got it from Hollywood Costumers today. It would fit you. Which one? Uh, the Colonial with oh, the... Oh, oh, yes, yes. Well, it, it's lovely, Mrs. Conway. Oh, you'd look beautiful in it. I'd almost be afraid to let Jimmy see you wearing it. Would you? Now, the only thing it needs is some blue gloves. A flame blue, don't you think? Of course, they're rather difficult to find. Well, that's no problem. I think I know... Yes? Huh. You're clever, aren't you, Mrs. Conway? How do you mean? You aren't like Eloise. Migraine headaches. She'd have called him away from work a couple of days to nurse her. She was that kind of wife. You're very fond of my husband, aren't you, Millicent? Yes. Yes, I am. Are you in love with him? Yes. Last winter it got so bad that I had to go to a sanitarium for a while. Oh, you poor dear. <laughs> Everyone thought I was spending the holidays with my sister. When I came back, a lot of things had happened. Eloise had committed suicide and... And I was married to Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here. But aren't you going to take the costume with you? 
I've got a feeling you'll be up and around by party time. If there is a party. Oh, uh, just in case you want to check it. On New Year's Eve, I was in Riverview Sanitarium, Mrs. Conway. Goodbye. Just another secretary carrying a torch for a boss. Another bad lead, Dutch. You checked on it next morning. Well, that's that, Shadow. Okay. But there's still the grass widow. She's smart. Judy Fleetwood. Look, she was in Reno getting a divorce. Clean service is good, and that glove might fit her. Okay. Well, anyway, we're getting near the end, aren't we? You won't say uncle, will you, Dutch? Nope. I drove over to Encino to Judy Fleetwood's ranch, a big rambling place that sprawled over several acres, complete with stables, swimming pool, and pictures. The one above the mantel was an oil of Judy herself, but a modest photograph on the desk below was the real eye-catcher. It was Jimmy. So you're Sarah Conway. Yes. Well, this is cozy. Sarah the winner. Judy the loser meet like two ladies and talk about the battle. What do you have? Oh, nothing, thank you. Oh, prim, too. Cheers, Toots. What are you doing here? Well, I'd, I'd like to have you over for dinner. Say, tomorrow night? I think that would be positively nostalgic. Want me to bring someone with me? Well, if you wish, yes. Well, the guy across the road just left his wife. Shall I bring him along? Anyone you want. Yeah. You know what? I only wanted one guy and you got him. Have a drink. This is quite an occasion, meeting you after seeing so much of you. After seeing so much of me? Sure. Last year, every time I was out with Jimmy, I'd see you lurking in the bushes somewhere. Where's your magnifying glass and bloodhounds? I didn't like doing it, Miss Fleetwood. It was a job. And you made it pay off, honey. Oh, come off it. Tailing a man, getting the dope on his private life, then scaring him into marriage. That's a lie. It is it? Night Eloise died, I went to see her. You... You were with her the night she died? That's what I said. And she told me she was more scared of you than any of us. So you're good, sister. You're real good. But you're not going to keep him. You hear me? It would have been me if you hadn't interfered. Give it to me. Dutch, Judy Fleetwood was there the night Eloise died. She told me so herself. That's how smart she is. Good. Anything else? Well, I didn't get a chance to find out about the glove. I got so I mad. I found the glove, Shadow. What? Yeah, the other flame blue glove. Well, where'd you find it? Where every dame, even the smartest one, can lose a glove when she's driving a car. Tucked down on the cushions. Oh, I see. Cost me a lot of time and money, Shadow, but I expect to get it back. Girl who owned that car got lots of money. Loaded. Well, what happens now? We'll wind it up tonight, Shadow. You know that little house outside the gate to the Fleetwood Dame's place? Yes. Meet you there at yeah. nine. Oh, I have to hang Sarah. up. Sarah. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Dameron. Sarah. Who are you talking with? Oh, just a friend. Jimmy, do you think I'm lying? Two nights ago, you were having dinner with Louise Gowans. she just come in from Hawaii? Yes. Louise called me at the office today. She tried to get you at home. She told me she just got in today from New York. Well, Sarah? I hoped you wouldn't catch me, darling. Actually, I had to meet a man. Well, it was for your birthday. A surprise. It's hard to keep up with you sometimes, Sarah. Who do we know drives a great coupe? I know you once owned one, but I... Well, I'm sure I don't know. Coming home twice now, I've seen him sitting, and it seemed to be interested in our house. 
thought he might be your doctor. My doctor? Oh, what are you talking about, Jimmy? Migraine headaches, darling. Oh. Millicent shouldn't have mentioned it. They're really nothing. It's funny. Eloise used to have migraines. Here. What are those? Take two of these. Put you right to sleep. I don't want you to suffer anymore. You shouldn't take too many of these, of course. Well, that's awfully sweet, Jimmy, but I feel perfectly fine. Do as I say. Here, take them. But Jimmy did. All right. Now, go on up to bed. Sarah, I'm sorry I found out about my birthday surprise. Yes, darling. I'll have to plan a surprise for you someday, won't I? I pawned the sleeping pills, of course. Another little trick you taught me. I waited in my room 20 minutes. I could hear Jimmy listening outside my door. Then I quietly dialed the operator and told him my phone seemed to be out of order and asked her to call me back. As soon as it rang and I heard Jimmy race to answer downstairs, I was down the back stairs and out of the house. I was still ten minutes early for our appointment at Judy Fleetwood's. I was quite calm. The night was dark and I had my gun. I stood in the shadows and waited for you. I expected to hear your car first, but you fooled me, Dutch. I couldn't make out the shadow across the driveway, but I could smell the pipe smoke, and I fired. Dutch! Dutch! All right, shadow. Drop it. I said drop it. You never did learn how to shoot a gun, did you, Shadow? But you learned everything else. It's money you want, isn't it, Dutch? What good would it do me, Shadow? I'd be asking for something like this every time I came around to collect from you. And you might learn to shoot straight after a while. So, this is it, Dutch. This is it, baby. I've got the glove in your old car, the mate to the one you left in Eloise's room the night you fed her those pills. Even got you now on attempted murder. Nothing much for me to say, is there? Nope. That enough for you, Lieutenant? I guess it is. Sarah Oliver Conway... You're under arrest with the murder of Eloise Conway. Jimmy came to see me today. He said you phoned him yesterday and told him I would attempt to kill you because you were closing in on me for Eloise's murder. Dutch, Jimmy gave me two sleeping pills after he talked to you. He was trying to keep me from doing anything until he could think of some way out of all this. But... You wouldn't understand what that means to me, I guess. You never loved anybody, Dutch. Suspense, presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Lana Turner. Next Thursday for Suspense, Eddie Cantor will be our star. The play is called Double Entry. And it is, as we say... A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Tonight's transcribed suspense play was produced and edited by William Spear and directed by Norman MacDonald. Music for Suspense is composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Bluskin. The Flame Blue Glove is an original radio play by Lois E.B. and John C. Fleming. Adapted for Suspense by E. Jack Newman. 
Lana Turner appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Door Sherry's Battleground, starring Van Johnson, John Hodiak, Ricardo Montalban, and George Murphy. For the second consecutive year, Lana Turner has been named the most popular star by the readers of Modern Screen Magazine in its motion picture popularity poll. In the coming weeks, you will hear such stars as Ida Lupino, Danny Kaye, and Ozzie and Harriet Nelson. Don't forget, next Thursday, same time, Autolite will present Suspense, starring Eddie Cantor. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archived podcasts.